0: Hey guys, welcome back to Slightly Spiritual. Today we have a very, very, very special guest. I'm just going to fangirl the entire time. We're welcoming (laughs) Pamela Chen, who's the creator of the Owl Tarot deck. And she also, I discovered, has a book called Enchanted Crystal Magic, which I'm also curious to hear about. But Pamela, thanks for being with us today.
1: Hi, hi, everyone. Thanks for having me.
0: Um. So a little bit of backstory here. Most people that listen know I see Dr. Horowitz in Rhinebeck, New York. And one of my very favorite bookstores is there. And um, I've had this like weird thing with owls probably now for about 2 years um and i walked in and they have this like amazing like spiritual like mystical section and the owl tarot deck was like smack at eye level in front of me and it was the only one left and i was like this has to come home with me um so i brought it home with me in june and it's been like my favorite deck to work with ever since so um i'm excited to have Pamela here
1: yay i'm so glad you love the owls
0: <laughs> Um, so I wanted to ask you, I noticed you seem to do so many different things and <laughs> like, which I really, really admire. Um, I read though on your Instagram, it says you're a quantum mystic. So just for our listeners, can you, I guess, what does that mean to you? Or like, what does that embody
1: yeah so I work a lot with manifestation and magic and now I'm tapping into like the galactic energies and cosmic because of my business partner also named Alex Ah. (laughs) yeah yeah Alexandra so we So a quantum mystic, I believe, is I am clairvoyant, so I am a psychic, Mm -hmm. I am an oracle, and also I love working with the quantum field, which is where we can manifest instantly. And so Mm -hmm. I am a spiritual business coach, and I love working with my clients in the physical, with all the systems, with the how-tos and the sales and the marketing. But I do also feel like working with the energies and the quantum and the magic really Mm -hmm. help leads you to incredible synchronicities and things just happen easier and faster when you tap into that.
0: Um, I'm curious to know, and that's, it makes sense to me. Were you always connected to the other side? Did you have to like discover you were connected to the other side? Like, what was that like? So
1: I, when I was growing up, uh, my family was Buddhist. So, you know, the ghosts, spirits, all of that was very mm-hmm. real. And, but I don't think I've ever really done anything. Like, you know, we chanted and prayed. Yeah. And then when I was growing up, you know, life happens, I kind of lost it. And I moved out really early. I moved out at 16. And at wow. that time, I didn't know energy. I didn't know anything. And mm-hmm. I went to a lot of psychics cause I was trying to figure out my life, you know? And And one of the psychics I went to, she taught me my first money magic spell and it worked. Mm -hmm. And so I believed. And after that, I've been just like trying to study more manifestation, magic, energy, and money and wealth. And when I moved to Vegas from Hawaii, 2020, 2005 I was I was called to go to this holistic fair so I went to this holistic fair by myself and there are these ladies around uh, the crystal bracelets and they were touching in mm. they were like wow this feels amazing and I was like I want to feel so I went and I grabbed one and I was like wow I don't feel anything <laughs> And that was like, I was like, oh, I want to feel energy. I want to feel what they felt. And so at that holistic fair, I found my first Reiki teacher and also psychic teacher. So she like pulled me in, Janet, and she was like this older British lady. And she's like, you need to work with me. And I'm like, okay, I'm in.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. So everything since then has been I didn't really have like a big, big awakening where, you know, something happened and all of a sudden I felt all this energy. So everything I think I know now and feel is because I took a million (laughs) certifications, modalities. I practice and it just kind of it just kind of came. And so you don't need a big, big awakening. You can actually learn all of the magic.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I feel like people that are starting to dip their toe into spirituality or like even this type of like work think that one day they're just going to get like this massive download or like it's going to be this massive like thing. And in reality, I feel like more often than not, I hear that it's these million little things that add up you know, and, and give you the ability and like the confidence to do these things. I feel like it's similar. Your your story is similar, Cindy, that it wasn't like this one big bang. It was like things over time.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it's exactly very similar. I had a neighbor who's a medium and who's a mentor, and she just kind of took me under her wing. And I just started taking tons of classes and absorbing all the things. And I mean, I was always interested, like that, like going to psychics and mind my, my horoscope for the yeah. day. Like, you know, like it's not shocking that like I love this stuff, but and then now I'm doing it and teaching others. But yeah, I think that people think it's like you have to um, be either born with it or that you only certain people can do it. And I love what you're teaching and preaching, which is no, 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 no. no. It's just like anything. If you practice it you'll get better at it. I always just preach like sports, like we can all go play yeah. basketball. Like the more you do it, the better you're going to get, right. We're not going to be LeBron James over here, but like, we're going to get, you can get better and better the more you practice. So uh, yeah, I love that. You're, you teach similar things. It's really yeah. cool. Thank you.
0: Um, so I'm curious, so I had read, you know, online that your family was Buddhist and that kind of helped you feel comfortable with your gifts. And I know you just mentioned it as your, Is your family like accepting of your gifts? I know that that's something a lot of people and a lot of our listeners struggle with is that they feel isolated or like their families don't understand. Um, And just hearing you talk about that, I'm curious if it's any different for you.
1: So I did move out when I was very young. So I barely have any touch with my family. I do talk to my, like my cousins actually here right now. And so I do Uh, talk to some of my cousins, um, but I don't really, I'm not really in like big connection with the rest of my family, although they have been, they know what I do, I think. But even um, my boyfriend that I've been with for 17 years, he doesn't really know what I do. He just thinks it's, I don't know what he thinks it is but I'll show him like my decks. Right. And he'll be like, what is this? I'll be like, it's the thing I was like writing for a year. Yeah. (laughs) So he doesn't really know what I do. And actually in the beginning when I was doing all this Reiki, I was only doing reiki and that's actually when we started um that's actually when we got together and he he said don't don't call him if i go to reiki classes because he thought it was like evil or the devil and all this stuff oh, yeah he didn't believe at all and then i was like okay I, I knew it was my calling so i was like i'm gonna go you can talk to me or not so i yeah. didn't do anything to change him, I was very open on where it was going to go. And, uh, I guess maybe I was shifting and he just kind of shifted. So I never pressured him. And I think it was about 10, 10 years later (laughs) that he was, he was like kind of, okay. I mean, I had other jobs. Um, and so he was like kind of, okay. I wasn't doing this as a business yet. And he was kind of okay with it, sharing that I did energetics and healing. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, I feel like that's something that I hear from people too, is like their partners don't get it or like not even people that do it professionally and are like so skilled like you. But um, I feel like I hear from friends a lot, their husbands, boyfriends, whatever, just like, oh, that's bullshit. And it's like, well, it's just because you're not open to it. You don't actually know anything about it. So I feel like you can't really say that. Um, When did you make the jump from Reiki to like your money manifesting courses, authorship like all of these things that you do now because it sounds like it was like a slow but steady build
1: so i think i was trying to build a business since like 2008 2010 and at that time there was no really instagram no facebook marketing um so there was no i think magic was still in the closet right yeah so my business online business coaches at the time actually told me i can't teach magic i can't be a psychic because it's it's not good again. And so I, I think I was doing like beauty. I don't know what I was doing, don't even <laughs> ask me, but I created something and I just it just kept fizzling out. I didn't even stay with it for a month because it wasn't what I wanted to teach. Yes. And so, um, and also at that time you had to like go and post your poster at Jamba Juice or Starbucks yes. or Whole Foods, right? Join me for Reiki. <laughs> and yes. so that didn't work out. <laughs> And I was already, I was a dealer at the casino in Vegas, I was making pretty good money I manifested that. Um, Before that I was not making any money, but I did manifest so I was kind of okay with what I was doing. I knew there was more but I just did my job and slowly slowly it wasn't until 2018, uh, my best friend and I, we were just like, Hey, people selling crystal on Instagram. Let's go, let's go buy some crystals and let's sell. And so we started Luna prosperity, which now we only sell mostly like I sell to my clients, but also a lot of, um, VIP Lil John is actually one of our clients. Um, so yeah, so that kind of built and I was working with a really, two really good business coaches at the time. And they were like, no, share your magic. But this was 10 years later almost. So magic was more out there. You know, everybody was saying, talking about energetics and magic. And so I think at the time I was like the crystal magic coach. So I was teaching crystals and all of that. And I got certified in NLP. I was at a retreat and I met really, really good entrepreneur friends, which I'm still friends with. And one of the girls, she was just starting and she's like, I need your help. She wanted to create a program. I was like, okay, I, I took so many business classes. Let me help you. So I helped her literally, I think it was like an hour through text and she had like, a $200,000 200,000 dollars launch or something. It was crazy. Oh yeah. And wow. so she's like you need to teach business and I was like I think yeah. I do. <laughs> and that's when it kind of like transitioned because I guess I had the tools. Um at that time I was only making maybe thousand two thousand dollars a month in my business so of course i didn't feel like i was a business coach right i was like yeah. i can't teach business i'm not even making the money in my business uh but i just thought okay let's try and that's when it kind of took off and also i launched my first self-published deck, crystal unicorn tarot so that yes. was kind of the more people started to know me and i just collaborated a lot with a
2: lot of the entrepreneur friends that i found so cool so cool (laughs) um wait we're dancing around the topic of manifesting which we're going to ask you about later but i feel like i feel like this is a great time to kind of get your i guess quick and dirty version of like what is manifesting to you i mean a lot of people are obsessed with that word too and i feel like Mm -hmm. people use that like interchangeably with different things but what does it Mm -hmm. mean to you and well i'll start with that like and and how would you like describe it like what you teach, especially around money. And do you just teach money manifesting or is there also like other types of, like, do you find the same techniques can be applied across, you know, different, I guess,
1: things in your life? Yeah. Yeah, so manifestation, I believe, is creating something in your reality from your desires. So you're manifesting. Well, actually more than that, because most of the time we're manifesting from our subconscious mind, which Mm -hmm. is not what we desire a lot. So, when I teach manifestation, I like to teach you a system to reprogram that subconscious mind so it's actually what you want. So your conscious and subconscious has to be in alignment to manifest what you want or else you'll just get what is going on in your brain that you don't you aren't aware of in your life. So I think that's why a lot of people think that they can't manifest, which everybody is manifesting all the time, because Mm -hmm. they haven't figured out their own operating system on how to tap into that manifestation, on how to use manifestation. So I'm very practical, and so I like to give my clients the how-to. Do this, do this, do this, do this, and after you learn the system, my system, then I give you other tools to play with and you actually get to create your own system because everybody is different, you have different energy so of course you're going to manifest differently. I do teach a lot of money or wealth manifestation because I am a business coach, but also because that w- that's like a big theme in my life and it's actually in my Vedic astrology. It's like I'm here. Yeah, I'm here to teach money. And so I and I learned a lot about money and I manifested a lot of things about money. And I think money is just a really fun energy and it could just give you amazing experiences. So I've had people come into my manifestation program. They did didn't only manifest more money but they manifested what money can bring them so I actually had Mm. a client I love telling her story because it was just like a miracle she came to me with she was a single mom she was getting kicked Mm. out of her home this is like 2020 Uh, she couldn't land a job she either didn't get interviews or she goes and they would not hire her. And so somehow she I think I gave her like a mini spell and she manifested the money to join me. And I worked with her on the payment plan. So she joined me for my manifestation program and, you know, she was just trying to manifest a job then really, really struggling right in the beginning we all kind of struggle for money and that's the phase that she was in and i think it was after six to eight months she manifested her dream job the highest paying job that she was able to work at home from within two years she now uh, is buying a house and she also found um her new partner So and now in manifestation, um, she comes back to the program almost every time. And now she's manifesting from a different space. Now she last year, she was able to manifest a whole trip for her family to Disneyland. So it's not so much of the I need I need anymore. But Mm -hmm. she totally changed her energy
2: and her reality. Wow, that is so cool. That's amazing. (laughs) And so you're using when you talk about spells and magic. You're referencing that as a tool for manifesting. Is that correct? Yes.
1: Yes. It's a tool for manifestation. I love using spells and rituals and you don't have to, but I do love using physical things because Mm -hmm. what happens is we have the thought we're playing in the energetics um and but we're not bringing it into our reality so for a lot of people it just stays there i do have Mm -hmm. i do teach the four realms of manifestation so the first one is your mental realm which is the mindset we know it's very important Mm -hmm. because what we think becomes reality and then the Mm -hmm. next realm is the emotional realm so what we think creates chemically creates emotions in our body, and that is your magnetism. That's actually what attracts. So if you're feeling happy, abundant, your vibration is going to be higher and you're going to attract Mm. higher vibration things. Now, if you're sad or mad, the vibration, there's actually a frequency like a radio station, right? We have to tune in to the right station. If you're sad or mad, the frequency is lower. So you're probably attract lower frequencies into your reality. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be high vibe all the time, it doesn't mean that sad or mad is bad. It just is telling you, giving you a signal hey something's up let's figure out what it is and let's switch the signal and Mm -hmm. then the next realm is the energetic realm so after you have the thought you have the you have the emotions you send it out into the quantum field and we can call in then we can open we'll be able to see that what we want is already here so things will start coming to us in the energetics And then the last realm is the physical realm which I didn't learn until three or four years ago, you can definitely Mm -hmm. manifest with mindset like I, I I manifested incredible things, but I found that when. I discovered what the physical realm was i was able to manifest consistently and almost like the like the nine publishing contracts i don't know how i yeah. did it it just came <laughs> and so i i did do the work but you know it's still a surprise for me and so the physical is really the embodiment so bringing everything that you're doing energetically into the real life and being and walking and speaking and acting as if you're already that person. That's a very important, and I think a lot of people forget that. They just do affirmations in the morning, they do their meditation, and then mm-hmm. for the rest of the day, they go back doing what they did before, and they create the same things over and over.
2: Yeah. That's a lovely and very like succinct way of explaining it and very digestible so thank you for um going through all that it's awesome um switching gears sort of (laughs) so how do you use because we love your deck so how do you use an oracle deck or tarot deck whatever people are choosing to assist in either life or manifesting um, is that something as a tool that you use, or is that kind of something separate that you advise your clients just to do for like a different practice? We'd love to hear you like chat about. Yeah. I use tarot every single day. Oh <laughs> so, my
1: God. <laughs> I use tarot awesome. every single day. You can use it for self-development. So if there's like a spread mm-hmm. online or there's spreads in the guidebook that you can use to, you know, see what's going on with your life. But I also you have a love- Favorite. Do you have a favorite spread that you um, like to use like I, on the regular? I usually – so my favorite is a one-card pull. Mm. So you have to be very mm-hmm. disciplined with this because I mm-hmm. teach a lot of clients and I tell them one
2: card and they start pulling like 10 different cards because That's they want to buy a I have Oracle – my, friend, my friend that calls it Oracle abuse, she's like, you just keep pulling to you get the answer you want. I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And then no. when it doesn't come, no. I just keep reshuffling. I know. <laughs> no, I don't do that for my clients, Oracle but I do that for fears. me. I, I, it is, Oracle I don't do that for my clients. I will say that. I just do that for me, so. Yeah, so <laughs> I'd love to ask. So all of my
1: business launches, all of my pricing, my oh. all the retreat, everything that we do, and Alex, she pulls more cards than me, I feel like, we always pull the right card. So it's like, should we launch on Monday the first? No. How yeah. about the third? At this time, and we'll I'll pull one card. So you have to just okay. get a good card if it's not a good card switch the date and we know like if you know tarot then you kind of know the good cards you know the happy they look happy if they don't look happy Mm -hmm. and if it's business and there's no coins on there then don't use it it's easy it's the date and you know what's really funny usually when we pull the cards for our launches and then when we look at the astrology after it lines Mm -hmm. up it's like Mm -hmm. the perfect date um, and also for the pricing, you know, you, now you, you don't have to feel as if, should I charge this, right, for your programs? Mm-hmm. Because the tarot said, yes, it was, this is the price. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that takes a lot of pressure off. I remember when, and you have to listen to the tarot. So I remember once I was still working at the casino and we work off tips. I really didn't want to go to work that day. So I was like, okay, how how will I feel at work today? How will, what will happen at work? And I got Ace of Cups, which is a really good card for me. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, but what happens if I stay home? And I got an okay card. So I was like, I'll just stay home. And then I found out that the tips for that day was like triple what oh. we usually made. but I didn't go to work. <laughs> I didn't listen to my cards. <laughs> also, a lot of times when I wanna take you know, programs and I get cards that says, don't take the program, but I really wanna take the program and I take it <laughs> and I was like, I should have just listened to my cards.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah. listen to your cards. If you want to use tarot for spells and stuff, what I like to do is I put it around the candle spell, or if I'm doing a jar spell, if you get a big enough jar, or you can get those Mm. mini tarots and you can put your tarot inside. And so you can just pick the energy that you desire to activate in the spell. So for me, spells and rituals, the more elements that you have there, you know, the energy of the day uh, with astrology, the colors, the Mm. crystals, the tarot, there's so much symbols on the tarot, right? The herbs, the more elements that you can bring to that to charge up your intention, the the more power for the spell.
2: That's so cool. I've actually never heard of using tarot that way, like in a spell, like or charging it up. That's that's something new, but I. Like, I can definitely see that, especially if you start to get to know a deck, like I feel like when you were like the Ace of Cups is really good for me, like I find that as well Like as I'm using a deck, certain cards or certain things that maybe aren't as like potent or important to other people become really important to me in that specific yeah. deck. And I'm like, oh, when I see this, I know it's like a big thing for me. And that's simply I just think through practice and experience and listening at to your point um and then seeing what happens but I think that that's really cool and I feel like everyone whether you have an oracle deck or a tarot deck you can start to mm-hmm. like play around with that or keeping a card in front of you for the day or you know to your point yeah. of spells I might have to have you give us a mini spell or something because I feel like people are going to ask or like I don't even know like I oh. don't I've just started playing around with them but haven't I'm not as like well versed so I feel like people are going to be like what spell should we be doing or just something simple so if you have one that you feel comfortable sharing if not and I'm yeah, on so I totally one of – like a
1: really power – I just have money spells. Is that- <laughs> yes,
2: oh my yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. I feel like okay. – yeah. <laughs> Okay. I don't think anyone listening does not –
1: more money. <laughs> okay. So I have a really powerful money spell. It's really simple, but it like works. I have clients that manifested $20,000 with this. I didn't know magic that this is just like the first thing. And then they're like, Oh, now I can sign up for a program with you. Like it's crazy. Um, so all you need is your wallet or coin purse. Okay. You need, um, your highest bill. What it could mm. be, whatever $20, 100 whatever you desire, and cinnamon. So, all you have to do mm. is put the bill in, and you know, you're very intentional about this. You have an intention of what amount of money you desire to bring in. So, and you always say it as if it has already happened. So I am so Mm -hmm. happy and grateful that I already have $30,000 in my bank account. You put the money in your wallet and then you can sprinkle cinnamon in it and then you close it and that's really it. If you don't wanna get your wallet dirty, then what you can do is you can put it in like a little plastic or saran or whatever foil, whatever you want, paper bag and put it inside of the wallet and that's it. It's really simple. That's all you have to do. And you forget about it. You're not thinking about how will this come to me? When is it going to come? You have to release that. Yeah. So good. That's it. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. And you can also put a citrine in there if you want an extra boost of
0: magic. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what is it about the cinnamon like specifically in the spell? Like why cinnamon, I guess?
1: So cinnamon is an herb for abundance, and I think it's very ah. activating because it's kind of spicy. And if you don't have cinnamon, if you have pumpkin spice, right? It's coming ah, up. That's also uh, that's also very good for abundance and money and wealth. Um, I know basil, clove, um, allspice, and uh, those those all are really good for money.
0: Oh my gosh. I so was cool. always
1: there if you want.
2: <laughs> I was always taught to keep something green in your wallet too, like to represent money. So, like, I used to have this little green frog. I don't know where it is anymore these days. A little green frog. And then it's funny, I've been like, I just moved across the country from Chicago to New York. So it's expensive these days, just yeah. moving. It's just a lot. And it was just a lot. It's like, you know, on my own and stuff. But um, so I've been like hemorrhaging money. But then I'm like, I'm trying to change my mindset. And then I realized, i always carry something green i haven't been carrying anything green in my wallet so mm-hmm. went to me when i was in the city i got a new green little like mini card wallet thing and then funny enough i bought this little like crossbody at like this little shop i was at and i opened up the inside's green and i was like okay we're back we're back oh my god and again i feel like it's what you give it right like for me i was always taught carry something green to help bring in abundance so it's just funny that now like I've been off that practice and I'm getting back into it. And so I also feel like some of it's like to your point, your intention, like being very intentional with, even if you don't have all these things in your house, although what you gave was so simple, it's just being intentional about like something, you know, that you're bringing with you or putting in with it and infusing it with that energy of what you're wanting or to you point desiring. So, Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Actually my next two books has a lot of money magics in it. So yeah. When are those coming out? So I have no idea. No. Uh, oh. So the next one is called the Mandarin Tree, and it's actually manifestation oh. with me and my um, co-author Samantha, um, and it's Asian American magic from our point of view. So you work with like the dragon, the phoenix, Quan mm-hmm. Yin, the laughing Buddha, and we give you uh, yeah. we give you ceremonies to connect and alter and. Uh, a spell and a ritual to connect with the energies. And I guess we, I know our publisher at the time, Llewellyn, and then our editor was like, why is this all about money? Or <laughs> like, I don't know. Cause you know, I, th- I feel like Asians um, a lot, they focus on like health and money. Like it's all about money and wealth, you know? Yeah. And so uh, we did put that a lot in the book. And then the next one is specifically like all of the money spells. So um yeah. not sure when that one that one isn't okay. even edited yet so that one's coming out later yeah
2: cool. mm-hmm. so cool.
1: I mean so health exciting. is wealth
2: though right if you don't have your health then what's the point Yeah I think both are very
1: very important and so yeah. um I do believe that you know you every area of your life is kind of connected So if you can get really happy and healthy in one area, then it kind of Mm -hmm. trickles out to the Mm -hmm. other. And you can kind of, and I do believe, I mean, money, wealth, you can get good health care,
0: right? And so
1: it it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it really does. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting listening to you talk about manifesting money and the connection between wealth and health and all these all of these things um but i noticed just backtracking like for a second one of the things that you said was like focusing when you're manifesting money like focusing on kind of like what you want to do with that money or how you're going to use it and Mm -hmm. make your life better and things like that and i think that that's an important call out to make it's like understanding the why i guess or like what you want to do with that it's not just like I want a million dollars so I want a million dollars and I want to be powerful and it's like I want a million dollars so that my life can be calm and cool and collected and you know so my family doesn't have to work like whatever it is Um, and I just thought that was a really powerful thing you said while we were discussing this.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I actually used. Um, so in the beginning, when I was doing the, when I was starting to teach the magic, I mm-hmm. do, I do, I knew it, but I actually I wasn't doing it for myself. So I also had a health issue in 2018, and it was. Oh, I was out for like a year and I couldn't even go to work and it was just really bad. And so then I was like, wow, I need to do something. So I really worked on my mindset energetics and of -hmm. course the physical, but Mm -hmm. um, they put me on antibiotics for nine months and I just, I, and Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so I actually figured it was a chronic illness, but now it's Mm -hmm. all gone. And that's when I was like magic, but it was, it was a, it was a harder thing because I feel like you're in it right yeah, like Yeah. feel it and i was like wow i never had to manifest anything like this <laughs> right yeah, yeah. so yeah so um that really gave me another perspective on manifesting for sure
0: yeah it's hard when it comes to health and you're mm-hmm. really in the thick of it and you feel terrible yes. and um there's no answers and it feels really challenging to wrap your head around the fact that it you know it could be different you know mm-hmm. that you could yeah be healthy at some point. And um, I think if anybody's in that position, that's listening, don't give up on that. Don't you give know, up. if it's not happening right away, don't give up.
1: Yeah, it does take, <laughs> <we're>... a... yeah, it <laughs> does take oh, a while. No, no, I was gonna or... say for sure, it does take a little bit for your, you know, the energy to transfer into the physical.
0: Yeah, I am gonna say too, like we're you and I, I guess are like proof of that it can happen. And I'm not saying I'm not discounting Western medicine, any form of medicine, but I do think that the mental aspect of um, setting intentions and things like that, it really does go hand in hand with physical health and with your treatment or whatever that looks like. Like don't, don't stop doing your treatment, but like try to think positively and trying to think about the positive outcome helps a lot, mm-hmm. so, which I can say firsthand.
1: For sure, yes.
0: Um. Okay I want to jump back to the owls for a second. So I think I've shared my owl story on here and I'll give like a quick and dirty version at some point but I feel like you wrote a tarot of the owls. I feel like there has to be some kind of story with them or like backstory to like why tarot of the owls.
1: So I think I've always been fascinated with the owl. And I used—I grew up in Hawaii and they had the pua'o, which is like the owls, the white owl. And oh. so they're very mystical, magical. And I even have like a tattoo I got like 20 years ago of the owl for randomly. I don't even know why I got an owl. I think because she drew cute owls. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I need that tat- first tattoo on me. <laughs> and um, I was... And I I do work a lot with the owl in magic because like Mm -hmm. they are in with a lot of goddesses, right? They're in like Mm -hmm. almost all of the goddesses. And so I was actually working. So this was my second deck. The first one with Llewellyn was Witchling Academy Tarot. And I was Mm -hmm. working on my second deck, which I don't even remember what I was working on. And I was I was just, you know, trying to think of something. And all of a sudden I got the thought, hey, Owls are in almost every moon card in tarot, right? And I was like, why don't they have a deck themselves? And so in three days, I wrote all of the 78 card descriptions and I wrote the 5000 word proposal and I submitted it in three days. And I was just like, well, it was like the fastest. And the artist is Elizabeth Alba, who also illustrated everyday witch tarot so she's like mm-hmm. so good and elizabeth and i have done some giveaways before and i think i just shared something of of hers one day and she's like thank you so much and i was like oh i'm you know i just submitted the tarot uh, the owl tarot I, you know i hope they contact you to be the uh, the artist and she's like i would love to do it so i emailed my editor and i was like elizabeth says she'll do the art and she's like <laughs> no way and i was like yeah because they love her they love her and that's and then so they came back because so they go to the committee and they came back and they were like if elizabeth is your artist <laughs> then oh you get gosh. the deck and i was like she's in she's in and so that was and and then i wrote the guide i hardly had any edits for this guidebook, which is great yeah. and this one just kind of flowed really easily like it flew it just like flew through
0: it hmm
1: so this just came it was really fun creating tarot of
0: owls oh my gosh it's funny too the story with um elizabeth alba because that's like one of the you know one of the many standout parts of the deck is the artwork and i feel like it just conveys so perfectly like what your guidebook says when you look at them and i i also really appreciate the artwork because it's like you were saying earlier like as soon as you pull the card you get the vibe right away, but none of it is like, you know, none of it gives you like bad energy, do you know what I mean? Even if it's a card that's kind of maybe like, wait, or like, wait, think about that. Or like, no, maybe don't do that. Like you don't leave with like this horrible feeling of, you know, you just are kind of like, okay, it is what it is and it's gonna be fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, her art is so amazing. Like when I, you know, I think I love it when you get the art because you're just like, Whoa, like they did it. They brought it to life. Like I just gave her a few words, you know, and she like created this. Like the swords. She actually made like a 3D sword to look at to draw. Like she's she's hardcore. She's (laughs) she's really good. So um it was like really fun. I think the only the only thing that we had not troubles or anything, but the only thing we really had to talk about was the hanged man. I think we had to change Uh... the colors on that a few times. And I think the chariot I was having two other things pulling the main chariot and she's like this doesn't look so good to me she felt bad i think for the mice or something <laughs> or something. Oh. and so she's like let's make them more powerful and i'm like okay and so um i do have the vision but a lot of times the artists if they have the vision as long as it works i'm just like go for it you know do what you can do yeah
0: yeah it's really practicing what you preach and like trusting in the universe and the magic and the yeah. She
1: did create the card back, though. This is all her. She just That's came be- up with it's beautiful.
0: it. beautiful.
1: Yeah, and I'm just like, great. <laughs> <Done.">
0: <laughs> like one last thing for me to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was also curious. I noticed on like the hard case of this, I think this is the magician. Yes. And then on the guidebook, it's the hermit. Yeah, so how did you choose, I guess, or was it Elizabeth? Like how did you choose which owls you were going to put on the hard case and like the guidebook?
1: So we so my uh project manager is actually Barbara Moore. She did a okay. lot of tarot decks too. Um but um, Barb she she asks for our we always get our input like the our favorite cards and then they take it to the committee, the professionals who knows what sells. <laughs> And then they kind of decide the final, so, but the Hermit was actually the first sample card Elizabeth drew, so I thought that was cool that they put it on this, and I love the Hermit. Um, the Magician, my Witchling was also Magician, I guess they like the Magician for me, I don't know, that was really cool, I don't know why, um, but they, they picked, they really picked both, so we get kind of a say, but they just do it, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: but I'm always happy with it. They do a great
0: job. Yeah, I mean, you really can't, there's no card in the deck that could be wrong, you know yeah. what I mean, for either cover. Yeah. Um. I'm also curious, like listening to you talk about, I guess like the process of the deck and like more of like the formalities around mm-hmm. publishing. And has there ever been a time where the, this like professional counselor whatever, whoever votes on things, Um, or anybody from a publishing company has wanted to do something like differently or something that you didn't intuitively feel like was correct that like you had to I guess like push back on
1: um I think so this one was really easy I think the Sting Punk Fairy I didn't I don't I don't really push back I just kind of do what they say (laughs) really (laughs) easy but the Sting Punk Fairy manuscript the next tarot deck that's coming out with Llewellyn I started writing the manuscript, it was good in the beginning, and then I think I went back to like unicorn fairy magic, that's what I am, (laughs) and so after I got the edits back, they were like, can you make it more sting punky, and I was reading Uh... it, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, I like lost the voice, you know, Yeah, I lost the voice during, so they do make really good suggestions, and actually that next, the next book, The Mandarin Tree, uh, we had to create a whole new So there's like the first edit, which is just the vision edit where this where this deck or where this book is going. And it used to be like, uh, ancient Asian magic, but we were like, this isn't all the ancient magic, (laughs) it's more modern. Mm -hmm. And also it's not all of the Asian magic. And so we had to really redo like the view, the vision of where we're going with everything. And, but it made sense. We were like, oh yeah, it doesn't, it's not working with what we thought it would work with. Yeah. So they do come back yeah. with really good suggestions.
0: It's more of a partnership.
1: Yeah, y- yeah, yes. They will ask you, "Oh, what about this or what about that?" And just be like really mindful. I mean, they've edited hundreds and thousands of books, you know. Yeah. So it's just like, "Oh, okay, this makes sense now." And it's but it's just sometimes you know the editors come back with, "Oh, why did you write this?" And I'm like, "I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
0: why I wrote like it just came to me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember writing
1: it." I like it when they just tell me to take it out. I'm like, okay, delete,
2: done.
0: <laughs> Easy. Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah. That's so funny.
0: Um, funny. I'm curious to know too, and I know we'll probably wrap up soon so we don't keep you forever, even though I could, mm-hmm. um, with what you do with the space of work that you're in and really as a teacher, right, um, you're so giving of yourself and your energy and your time. And um, I'm sure as somebody that is so connected to others and energy on the other side, you probably have to have really good boundaries or really good grounding practice. Um, And I'm curious what that looks like for you. Like, how do you keep yourself grounded when you're so giving of yourself and giving of your gifts?
1: I think maybe i'm just like a more grounded person, I I would feel like and I, I used to work at a casino so there's a lot of energy there, so I think I actually programmed my mind and energy to not open to things unless i'm working unless it's intentional. So yeah. I won't just be like a wide open energetic portal to get everybody's energy at the and. But if I'm working with a one-on-one client with their permission, I'll open up and I'm able to see, feel whatever it is that we need to do in our session or in the group, you know? And yeah. so I'm, I'm very aware of when I'm opening my energy to receive. So I think that's very important and that's intention. You don't have to don't have to bring in everybody's energy if you don't want to. Um, For grounding, I do like to use a lot of uh, essential oils. Ah. So I love essential oils to really ground me in. You rub it on your feet every single night, you know, that really brings you down. And of course, um, a lot of the darker, the black or brown or red um, crystals. Will really work with you and if you have like an altar or if you do like the rituals i think because you're working with the physical things it really brings you back here and mm-hmm. i just i i just like really bring what i'm manifesting into life so even if i don't feel like that yet uh actually when i was writing i didn't feel like i could write i didn't feel like i was a good author until like the third mm-hmm. contract which is kind of crazy oh my God. Um, but I would really ground in that. And I would write and feel like I'm a great author. I'm a great author. I'm a great author. Mm -hmm. And I would just keep feeling that. And then when I'm typing, I'd be like, wow, I'm so great, (laughs) you know? And so you're like really bringing in everything in. And when you're doing your spiritual work, you have to remember to like close down, or if you're going Mm -hmm. to the Kaushik, you have to remember to come back. Right. Mm -hmm. And There is a earth star chakra. It's like two feet below Mm. your feet in the earth kind of. So I like to open that earth star and just kind of feel into that and bring up the energies of the earth through my feet and just kind of ground into my body. And like, you can like tap yourself, right? Bring yourself back. Yeah, it's not, um, we shouldn't be playing in the energetics all the time. You shouldn't be there because we're here to live a human experience. I highly believe we highly believe that
0: yeah my gosh the earth star chakra i've never heard of that i'm gonna have oh, yeah to there's
1: like... that's actually zero and then there's 12. so in yeah we so in our <laughs> um in our in our retreat that we just had we activated like yeah. the universal gate chakra there's like uh there's your soul star and there's galactic chakra there's a lot that connects you to very different things um we just work with the main seven usually that's what everybody does yeah
0: OK, oh, my gosh, man! I have to do a part two to this now all about <laughs> those things. Yeah. Um. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for joining thank us you. today. I am going to link yeah. all of Pamela's courses in the show notes. And if you would like to purchase Tarot of the Owls or her book Enchanted Crystal Magic, I will put those links as well in the show notes. I cannot recommend them enough. Um, And you can find Pamela on Instagram, which I will also link. So thank you so much for being with us today and spending the time. And we're so appreciative.
1: Thank you. And thank you everyone for having me. Thank you so much. Bye guys.